Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Join me each episode with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. On this episode, I'm joined by the majestic and magnificent Manly Mannington. Manly is a drag king and the producer of House of Mannington. They also have a residency with Brizzle Boys and they are House of the Laws 2019 Burlesque Bombshell winner. Today, we talk about being a drag king in the performing scene and how you don't have to fit into a box to explore masculinity and femininity. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now, with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. And just before we start, here is a lesson in masculinity 101. Gladys Bentley was an inspiration to many as a prolific African-American, out and proud lesbian and bawdy gender-bending entertainer during the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. Audiences couldn't get enough of her non-apologetic performances and she went on to become one of the most well-documented queer black entertainers to come from the early part of the 20th century. This is perhaps because she pushed the envelope on gender, class and race through her performances and how she chose to live her life on her terms. Hey everyone and welcome to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Today I'm really excited because I have a very good friend with me. I hope they're a good friend anyway um, in their we'll eyes because they are <laughs> um, I've got the majestic, the mesmerising and magnificent Manly Mannington. Hello love, you all right? Yeah, are you? Did you like my M's? I was going to say Malvi as well, but I didn't want to I'm chat. not Malvi, how dare you? Take that back. <laughs> no, I was only joking. <laughs> Just trying to find a funny word beginning with M. No, I liked it. The triple M's I am. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so in regards to yourself as a performer, just wanted you to give a tiny bit of context to the listeners um, about like yourself as a performer, like could you describe it in a few words? <laughs> um, well, what I go by, I say that I'm an Afrofuturist cosplaying drag king from the future. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so everyone, you've got the context. Now let's get on with the questions. So I wanted to focus um, in particular on um, masculinity and gender expression because I know you explore that a lot in your performances. I want to first ask, how do you decide on how you want to present yourself um, in your drag or your performances? Or does it depend on, say, the acts that you do? Um, Tell us. Uh, It just depends on the acts and what I get booked for. But I always try and my drag king characters not doesn't necessarily always adhere to masculinity or stereotypes I like to mix and match things together um just because that's how I find myself like sometimes I people would see me dressed as stereotypical boys clothes or uh, one day I'll be extra femme or sometimes I mix the two together sometimes I'm just nothing I just to do whatever I feel like and then that's like what I like to put into my drag so it just depends really. Yeah and I wanted to touch on um, a few of your acts as well so I was lucky enough to see the Victor Victoria act which is really cool because um, it explored um, like how gender stereotypes and stuff so could you um, tell us a bit of the background behind that first before 
ask a few more questions about that. Yeah, so I made that set actually for a competition in Cheltenham. That was when I wasn't good at makeup. Well, I'm still learning. Everyone's learning. Um, and it was when I couldn't create proper costumes. So the first version of that set is kind of gross. But the expressions in terms of my facial expressions and mannerisms were always spot on, if I say so myself. And then, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of progressed from there. And I've been changing and alternating it more and more to be completely contrasting so obviously you've got one side which is the femme one side which is the masculine and it's a really well-known um set isn't it you've seen it all all the time in cabarets so I wanted to make it slightly different and you know yeah just have my own take to it really yeah I really liked it and I think um definitely like you said the the facial expressions I really think the audience um really enjoyed that and it stood out as a highlight um when you performed it at our show um oh, thanks <laughs> I think the audience really liked it and like you said I think I like your your different take on it as well um because you said it can be done um but that that is the good thing about um performing isn't it and and drag and stuff like um you can sort of even if you take something that's been done before you can kind of make it your own so with the with the costuming as well in terms of um presentation with that um, how did you sort of um, bring that together? Uh, well, it's kind of a mixture of, well, I have my signature colours, which are blue and yellow. And that's kind of what I've just been known for. So I've kind of split it now. So the femme side was yellow and stereotypical blue is, is seen as masculine, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so the blue side is obviously the manly Mannington and then the femme side is just meant to be my little potato self. Um <laughs> and then with the feathers and everything it's kind of a link and homage to my Caribbean culture because of carnival and stuff like that um so yeah I just wanted to mix in that element of it as well um and recently um moving on to the next act I wanted to talk about um you did um you've done Storm one of my favorite characters ever so could you mm. tell us about that exciting yeah so well the set is basically discussing about representation, um, whether that be in drag, whether that be in cinema and just every way of life. You, it's usually the generic uh, white, cis, male, heteronormative, that bland stuff. Sorry if you're, if you're in that category. I'm sure you're seasoned in other ways, but you get what I mean. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about that and and, you know, seeing Storm as a kid, you see a, another black person on screen and you're like, oh, my God, yeah, there's someone you can relate to, isn't it? And Storm has always been like, I don't know, just the iconic figure when I was growing up. So I wanted to pay homage to that as well with my drag. And then with me performing as a drag king, I thought, oh, everyone does Storm as a female. So I wanted to do my own interpretation. So. I tried to do it like a, a futuristic Afrofuturism type of way. Um, so with the braided white hair instead of just the straight hair, because again, although Storm is amazing, they very much showed her in a very European light, if that makes sense. Um, so I wanted to change that and shift that. And uh, unfortunately, because it's quite difficult to get afro wigs and I didn't want to bleach the shite out of my hair sorry if I'm not allowed to slam you are yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so I was like oh I'll get a black lady who does amazing wigs 
and I asked her to make a custom white wig and braid it all for me because unfortunately I can't braid at the moment but yeah um, and that's kind of how Storm came together and then this amazing human called Leadham Wigs who does all my beards and um, she does specifically afro looking beards as well because trying to find that anywhere is literally like a needle in a haystack but yeah that's how it basically came together with my love of Storm and Bloop yeah. That sounds such a, like an incredible idea and, and I've seen them um, pictures obviously on social media so everyone you need to go and check it out now because it's wicked um yeah and I think it's good how you said that you sort of like again we were talking about it's a new review of a rap sort of making it making it your own and it sort of relates to you because I think when you do that as a performer it can make it more enjoyable for you can't mm. it when you perform it but also like the audience watching it's like refreshing for them to see could you give us maybe not to spoil it I guess but sort of what the sort of concept is when you're when, when you perform it and stuff uh, I won't say the ending part because it will ruin it because there's a little surprise in there. But it basically it starts off, as everyone knows, Grizzly is basically known as my human prop in the drag scene. <laughs> he always gets taken out in some way or murdered by me on stage. Um, so he, he starts off the set and there's like a really important discussion or well speech one's from a TED talk and one's from a, another podcast um, talking about the importance of representation and how it affects people and who's in charge and why it's like the way it is now um, I've taken that and put that in the start of the set and then Grizzly comes on stage and he's got a sign on saying generic white writer <laughs> and uh, there's little <laughs> there's little clips of um grizzly interacting with the narrator in the in that clip for example uh, which is actually just me doing a, a voiceover and he was like oh, black people don't need their own film it just won't sell stuff like that which is stuff that you actually hear unfortunately which is from directors and producers so he's taken that and put it in there um, and yeah, and then obviously Storm comes out, beats the shit out of the, the racist narrator. And then the audience is like, yeah, get him, get him. And then, yeah, but there's a twist in the end, but I won't, I won't ruin it. But yeah, that's the main part of it anyway. Oh, wow. That sounds really clever because it kind of comments on um, like stuff like that's relevant uh, in today and also, but also adds like the the character and the film element as well to it um but yeah that is stupid that people say that because obviously loads of films have done well like you know Black Panther and stuff like that so I think mm. they I don't know why yeah it's just racism basically rather than you know thinking oh it's not going to sell and stuff like that um absolutely and if if we like link it to like the performing and drag scene um what's your opinion then with um different lineups as well in terms of like um if you link it with um people of color but also like there's a lot of um lineups it's just like cis cis men isn't there and stuff so what's your opinion on all of that yeah it, i mean it's the same old same old it's just you having to fight to be on that on the lineup less so now for me like i've gotten to a stage where my name's quite well known now so i'm not fighting as much but I always feel the pressure if I'm the only king on the lineup I know my set has to be better than everyone else's I work 10 times harder again to be in the same room if I'm the only black person on the lineup 
then that's, I have to work extra, extra hard to showcase how good we are. I will never be able to get away with just going on stage and doing a simple lip sync with a basic drag on. I could never, I wouldn't be booked again. Kings wouldn't be booked again if they did that. But having the two, I call it double jeopardies, being a black woman and being a drag king is like, you, you just have to work harder to be on the same stage. And then it's amazing how, how just, yeah, it just, it's upsetting because you see it with the next generation. I've got loads of drag babies that I've created in the Bristol scene, because I'm trying to diversify the lineup and also help them to get where they need to be, because I don't ever want anyone to struggle as much as I did when I first started. I mean, you were there when, for, and the stuff that I'd had to deal with and the comments people made. So you know all it all, but yeah, I just want to make sure that the next generation don't have to deal with that. But yeah, it's the same. I mean, it's got it's gotten a lot better. There's more diversity, but I think people have gone also the other way where they just have the token king or they'll have the token black person. And like, that's it. I've diversified. That's it. And I think that's OK. And that's not that's not what it's about. Before we like wrap things up, if we kind of link it a bit back to Storm and also like your experience then as um a cis woman as well. I know you've briefly talked about it. Um, because obviously um the podcast is kind of focusing on like toxic masculinity. You can kind of link that with um obviously there's like sexism within the the drag community. Also, if you're like um not a cis man basically and do drag, there's kind of that as well, isn't there? So mm -hmm. I was wondering, you said your experience is getting a bit better, but is that maybe because of the, the space that you've like navigated towards the, the more inclusive ones? Yeah, I think it's the people who book me and making sure they make sure it's a safe place for everyone to be there. And obviously uh, you and um, Dominus have created the space in Birmingham and why she as well. And yeah, Bristol scene has been absolutely amazing. There's places in the Liverpool scene who have been so lovely and Nottingham as well. So you'll see me gravitate towards the, that, those same groups because I know what I'm getting and I know I'm not going to be dealing with nonsense. I'm trying to venture out a bit more now, um, but I'm always wary because, yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get. I've had bookings where I've done Hindus, for example, and they've like tried to rip my binding off and things like that or touched me as I'm performing or I'll have straight people whisper in my ear when I'm in drag like are you a boy or a girl what's your genitalia like down there and I'm like what who, who what asks this what the <laughs> I know. so yeah you just gotta be careful like I don't if I know it's a if, if it's going to be predominantly straight people who don't really know what drag is I try and be careful I mean with the the bookings where I'm opening for Rue Girls for example I'm always very wary of that as well I, I don't really mingle in the audience you'll see me on stage and I'll be like peace out I'm gone I'll maybe say hello to people in the crowd and stuff because there is obviously there's queer people there in the audience and especially in RuPaul drag race audiences they're like oh, I've never seen a drag king before. I didn't even know you guys existed. And I'm like, yeah, been around the same time as drag queens, but you know, it's all right. The misogyny and all that jazz means that we're just erased from history, but I'll allow it this time, at least you're learning. <laughs>
Yeah, but um, so to end on back to Storm, um, so how have you found like performing that? And have you said you really enjoyed it? Because obviously it's great how it celebrates like black excellence and also drag kings and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's been amazing doing that set. Like it means a lot to me. And then people have come up to me afterwards, especially like especially black people, other black people, and like, oh my god, thank you for doing that because that really meant a lot. And even 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 this white person came up to me after, and they started crying, and they're like, "I'm so sorry, we're part of the problem." I was like, "No, it's that's not what I want. I, and please don't cry." But the fact that people are having those reactions to it, and it's so, and you know, people think that it's so important. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling that you can you can be political and have fun with it also. Um, but when yeah, when people see the little twist at the end as well, yeah, you're gonna love it. So. Can't wait, yeah, because um, I think that it's great as as a performer if you can evoke like a reaction, um, preferably like a you know one that's not negative. But even that, I guess, sometimes can be good because if it's like political, um, it's yeah. sort of because I in my, I don't know about you, but in my opinion, I think performing should sort of um or art should like provoke reactions and sort of try and make you know changes of representation and stuff absolutely yeah I mean even just getting up on stage as a drag performer is being political and if you add an extra layer on there that's just like adding seasoning not just salt and pepper but the whole shebang yeah well um thank you Manly Manitou for coming onto the podcast I've had a really fun time and also I've loved learning about your drag and um other topics relating to that so, bye everybody. Bye, love. Bye. I would like to thank Manly for coming onto my podcast today. If you want to catch more of Manly, then check out their Instagram handle in the episode description. If you do feel like leaving a review, please do so. Thank you for listening to Loxlaroo's Locker Room. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Loxlaroo. Bye. like me he just <laughs> oh no yeah we're not going to get into the story of your you seasoning on the yeah uh... i think that yeah i think we've come to a natural end of the conversation <laughs> haven't we if we get to that yeah <laughs>